Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello there, creative people. Welcome back to another episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty. I host this show each and every week, each and every Wednesday, I release an episode where I have a conversation with some creative and fun people that are doing amazing things in the online video space, specifically YouTube. If you are new, you can go back, listen to our older episodes where I chat with a ton of fantastic creators. Uh, If you're an old time, long time listener, about called you guys old, you may not be old, you may be very, very young. Anyways, if you're a long time listener, guys, you're going to be expecting more of the same. I've got some awesome interviews lined up for next month uh, throughout the end of the year, and I think you guys are going to have a blast. So if you haven't already, go ahead and go on over to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you consume your podcast media, and make sure you're subscribed so you can get updated the instant we publish a new episode, because I am so stoked about the future of this show. I've got some really cool stuff in the works. I've got some ideas, different things like that. If you haven't already, go on over to the website, youtubecreatorshub.com. On the side of the website, there's a little bitty box over there. You can click on that box and you can actually record a question or a comment that will then air on a future episode. So if you want to be famous, YouTube creators up famous, <laughs> go ahead and uh, click that link over there, record something cool, and I will put it on next week's or whatever week you record it that week, specific week's episode. Don't forget to visit our Patreon over there. Uh, the links will be in the show notes for as little as a couple of dollars. You can be featured on the show as well as in the same time helping out the show. There is cost involved in doing this. I do have sponsors and I'm going to be talking about one here in a brief moment, but When it comes to Patreon, you can support the show for as little as a few bucks, a little as a cup of coffee, and it really does help us keep the lights on, help us pay for hosting, help us pay for website URLs, help us pay for future content that I'm going to want to create here on the show. Uh, Just so you guys know, I have a t-shirt that is being designed as we speak, so, uh, you know, be waiting, patiently waiting for that. I think you guys are going to, uh, you know, be really excited about the YouTube Creators Hub t-shirt, show your fandom of the show. I'm getting a lot of great shout outs on Twitter and other places on social media. And it just means the world to me that you guys are listening and you're committed and you're in this with me. You're wanting to create better video content. And what better way to do that than to listen to me have conversations with fantastic people who are doing it and who have been doing it now for years. Now, before we get into this week's conversation, I do want to mention our sponsor. TubeBuddy has been so loyal to the show. Uh, T-U-B-E-B-U-D-D-Y. I feel like each and every week, every guest that I interview, without even talking with them about what tools they use, they always mention TubeBuddy. If you haven't already, a link will be in the show notes. Check it out. It's a free browser plugin that you can obviously upgrade to be paid if you want some more of the features. But guys, it will make your YouTube life so much easier. And for a few bucks a month, you can't beat that, guys. So I do want to thank those guys over at TubeBuddy. They've supported this podcast almost from the beginning. And for me, that means a lot. So guys, I'm not going to be rambling on anymore. Let's go ahead and jump into this week's interview. All right, guys, I'm so excited today to be joined by Bill Day. He's a producer, director, cinematographer. After graduating from high school in Costa Rica, Bill studied journalism and received a Bachelor of Arts from UCLA. Bill attended graduate school in the motion picture television department at UCLA, where he received a Master of Fine Arts. Bill has been involved in dozens of films and documentaries and worked for all the major networks, including ABC, NBC, CBS, National Geographic, and Discovery. 
He has worked in many parts of the world, including Latin America, Europe, Africa, Asia, India, and the South Pacific. Bill also works for major corporate clients such as FedEx and General Electric. Except for occasional assignments, Bill is now a full-time YouTuber over at his YouTube channel, Bill's Channel, so appropriately named. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Dusty. Absolutely. I'm just excited to talk with you about YouTube. Bill has amassed over a million subscribers now, so congratulations on that, Bill. Uh, he's got some new shows on his channel that, not new, but you know, fairly new shows on his channel that I want to talk to him about. But before we dive into that, if you would, Bill, tell our audience a little bit about you and your backstory and how you got started on YouTube. My backstory has been a guy waiting for YouTube to come along. I mean, I I picked up a camera, I think, 15 years old and never looked back. And um, other than a few odd jobs in college, I don't think I've ever done anything else other than uh, work in video and film. So uh, when two, when YouTube came along, it it just was an immediate fit between my personality and that distribution platform. So when you decided, you know, hey, I'm going to go from a lot of this mainstream media that I'm doing for network television and whatnot, and I'm going to move on over to YouTube, the platform, what really made you make that decision ultimately? I don't think it was a snap decision. I mean, it was actually a very slow motion decision because I started, believe it or not, putting videos on YouTube in 2006 under a different channel name. Uh, where back in 2006, we were much more anonymous and, you know, we didn't use our real names and things like that. And I don't remember why. Maybe maybe it was that thing called privacy. I don't know. Anyway, that's long gone. So uh, I started uploading uh, videos just as a way to present stuff that had ended up under my bed. You know, I was already a filmmaker and making independent films and they would go out and, you know, they would have a life of their own. But they would often end up under that old bed, you know, and you're like, well, what am I going to do? I just leave them under the bed or can I put them up on YouTube? So I start putting them up on YouTube and then pretty soon, you know, I was starting to get a couple of views and then people were, you know, saying things about the video. And I was like immediately in love because it was like, well, this is, this is what I always wanted was to be able to, you know, make a film or a video present it directly to the audience and interact with the audience. It, it just was just, just such a pure experience um, that I really loved it. But, you know, at that time, it was basically a enterprise that was mostly a hobby because there were no way to monetize your videos or anything like that. So when monetization came along, um, YouTube came to me because they knew that I was making original videos because I was a filmmaker and I wasn't just, you know, copying Jay Leno or late night TV shows and posting them on YouTube. So they were looking for original content. Um, they told me about this partnership program and I was like, um, sounds good to me. You know, I mean, it's like, as long as it doesn't cost me anything, you know, we, you know, we can try it out. So making money for stuff that you're already doing, right? It's kind of a win-win situation. Oh, yeah, it was definitely a win-win situation. And, you know, I, I was already in love with the process of just sharing with the audience anyway. So, I mean, I couldn't see any downside to it. Um, so I started doing that. And then 
back in those days, they, they would send you a check. And this first little check showed up from YouTube for like $100. And I think that really set the antennas up. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is, you got to be kidding. They sent me $100. You know, so uh, so it just made it so much more rewarding. And um, I think gradually, I mean, I was out working and I was doing news and doing all this stuff, but I would run back to my hotel room or something like that. And, you know, and I would check my YouTube counts. I mean, it was it was more important to me than it was, you know, these these freelance jobs that I were I was doing for much larger, you know, cable companies. Absolutely. And you, you're not tied down to what the larger corporations want you to do. You know, your content is yours and you can create whatever's on your mind. And as a creative person, I think that's the, the freedom that YouTube allows is for us as creative people to just produce the content that we want to produce. And I do remember the first check used to, they used to actually cut you a check and mail it to you, uh, you know, and it would have Google on that. And I remember I text that to my dad. I took a picture of the check, which, you know, if you're at home right now, kids, don't take a picture of a check. Bad idea. But I took a picture of the check and I said, oh my gosh, I just got paid by Google. It was the most uh, in enriched feeling I had ever felt at the time as, as a young person. I was 19, 20 years old. And I remember that, that feeling of, okay, there's something to this. I don't know what it is yet, but the ability to create content and then get paid you know, and since then, I have learned that obviously I need to diversify my income streams and not count on AdSense and things like that because of how uh, you know uh, uncertain that field is right now. But I do remember that and the motivation that that gave me. But it also harkens back to what I always tell people. If you get into YouTube to make money, then you're doing it for the wrong reason, and you're probably not going to be successful. So I would definitely go back to, to that comment. But let me ask you this, Bill. What is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started creating YouTube? content probably the fact that YouTube almost has a dual design to it in that you know a lot of people focus highly highly on subscribers well I didn't know that in the beginning you know to me it was just about views I just want to get people to watch it and I don't know what this subscriber business is <laughs> you know I didn't understand the community aspect of YouTube. And I wish somebody would have told me that community is exceptionally important. Uh, so I didn't really, you know, I really didn't get that part of it. But in all fairness, what I was doing was not bad either. And that is sort of the non-subscription model, which is um, a Hollywood movie studio doesn't really work on the premise of subscribers. You know, they're they're just looking for views. So, like, say, take a look at a Paramount Studios. Paramount doesn't have subscribers that just only go see Paramount movies. They're, they work independently of that, and they just keep making things and throwing them on the screen until they find something that really grabs people's attention. So, I still think, especially when you when you're just starting a uh, YouTube channel, that that premise or that paradigm is is something that you can count on when you're not really sure who your audience is yet. You're you know you're still trying to find your voice. You're trying to find your identity. It's okay. Experiment. Go, you know, try various things. I mean, Paramount Studios, they try horror films and sci-fi films and comedies and dramas. 
you know, until they find something that clicks with the audience. And then you notice once they find something that really works, they're going to do they're going to turn that in what they call a franchise, which is they're going to make sequels. They're, <laughs> you know, they're going to really focus with that because they know that they have an audience for that particular project. So. So I, I wish somebody would have explained that to me in the beginning. You, you, really, there are two roads, especially when you're just starting, that you can follow. Eventually, you're going to want to end up on the subscriber side because the community component is so important. But in the beginning, it's okay. I don't really know who I am. I don't know who my audience is. Let's just keep throwing spaghetti against the wall until something clicks. You mentioned in, in your bio that you are a full-time YouTuber now. Can you maybe give the audience a perspective of what a normal day looks like for you when you wake up uh, and start creating your content? What does a, you know, the day-to-day -day workflow look like for you as a full-time creator? My, my workflow is actually, it's, it's a little chaotic, but uh, when things are calm and I'm not traveling, um, I just work on a weekly cycle. Uh, which really starts on Sunday. Uh, I have a series called Real or Fake, which posts on Friday. And I actually start the conceptual script writing, trying to figure out what I'm going to do on Sunday. Uh, and then Monday I get up, and that's what I call my camera day, which is where I finish off whatever my script is for the week. And uh, I get in front of the camera and I do what they call the stand up or the presenter bit. That's where you see me and I, I sort of explain everything. Um, and then on uh, Tuesday, I will start what I call the visualization process, which is I have to hunt down uh, visuals uh, to go with my show. Um, if I need an expert interview or something like that, I've got to research that. I've got to try to reach out. I've got to contact people. Uh, and so Tuesday devoted pretty much to that. And then on Wednesdays, um, everything needs to be in the computer and uh, sort of laid out on what we call the timeline. So it doesn't have to, everything doesn't have to be in place, but it has to basically be there. Thursday is serious editing day where everything gets mushed into place. All the interviews come in. If I've got third parties making clips for me, they come in on Thursday. Everything kind of gets in. Uh, Friday morning is for uh, audio where I lay in music. I put in sound effects. I get everything all tweaked up. I do a little bit of color correction and uh, I'll put the video, compress the video, then upload the video to YouTube and add the metadata. Fun week, huh? I'm telling you, you're a busy man. Now, on that same note, as a full-time YouTuber, you mentioned that you're collaborating with a lot of people, especially for your show uh, that you do on Fridays. What is your philosophy on how do you connect with these people? Are you just reaching out to them and cold emailing them? Or how are you getting these people to collaborate with you uh, on your content? I just reach out to people. I find, um, well, one thing, I mean, it, it kind of depends on the show. Sometimes it's just my idea. So I'm going to reach out to somebody. Uh, and and try to get involved with them that way. Uh, with the the series that I have on my channel called Real or Fake, that's viewer submissions. So uh, somebody will send me, say, a video. Last week we did one about a guy who uh, goes fishing using an iPhone as a lure bait uh, to catch a fish. So 
I kind of liked it. It really kind of fit with the type of stuff we're doing on that show. So then I found the YouTube channel of the guy who produced it. And he, in his about section, he has a email address or usually something there. This particular person had an email address. I, I wrote to him. I told him what I was doing. I wanted to examine his video uh, for the show. Uh, but you know, if he works with me, I will make sure to introduce him to my audience. And so he can get, you know, some of my audience to come over and check out his. So it's kind of a win-win situation that I present uh, to the other YouTubers. And uh, for the most part, and I would say 99.9% .9 of those type of situations, people are more than happy to cooperate uh, because it gives them more exposure and uh, it's good for their channel too. Allowing you to kind of utilize both of the communities from your channel and the other person's channel. And especially, I guess, for you being a rather large channel, it's easier for you than it possibly was when you were a smaller channel. Say, hey, look, you know, I have over a million subscribers. This show is probably going to average around 1.5 to 2 million views, you know, which is, is the show that you do on Friday. So I guess for you now, it's a little easier than it was in the beginning to get people to kind of collaborate with you. Yeah, when, you're, when your numbers are low, um, it's a lot harder to get people's ear. But, you know, if on the other hand, you can do something for them that might benefit them in another way. Um, I had a young man approach me from a channel called Be Amazed, um, a, a young man named Sam. Uh, and he was just starting out. He only had about 200 uh, subscribers. But he said to me, you know, he, he really wanted to uh, work with me uh, and, and see what we could work out. And we came up with this little thing where he would produce actually a video underneath his Be Amazed umbrella. And I would and I would present it on my channel um, as a way to get me extra material to show. Um, and then within the video, he'd say, well, I'm making this for Bill's channel, but I also have my own channel and you can stop by my channel and check it out. So that was kind of a reverse win win for somebody who's who's just getting started. Um, and uh, our relationship has been you know, successful. I think he's up in the. 20s to 30,000s of subscribers now. His videos are starting to take off. And uh, I'm just waiting for him to say, Bill, I'm on my own. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> Adios. Right. It's so funny the different connections that we make as content creators and the ability to take someone like him as a smaller creator and kind of put him on your back. And then, you know, realizing that you've kind of found a gym in the rough. And that's, that's such an amazing story that you found him and brought him onto your content. So now let's talk about that for a minute, Bill. You are a full time YouTuber. Obviously, you've got to pay the bills some way. So what are the ways that you're monetizing your channel? I know obviously you have the uh, the native AdSense uh, platform that you get the ad revenue from on YouTube natively, but you also sell physical stuff like t-shirts and other odd ends. What are other ways that you're monetizing your content to, to pay the bills and keep the lights on over at Bill's channel? It's primarily AdSense. Now, I, I do have a shop and I've put it up, and but it, but the, the income off the shop is, is very low. And I'm not saying that that's the only way to go. I'm just saying for me and what I do, uh, that's probably the best way to go. Now, there are ways where product is better for you than trying to go after the AdSense dollars. And that's if 
you're you're presenting something that lends itself to a product. Now, let's say you start a channel and you want to talk about uh, the best way to behave or the best way to throw a dinner party or the best way to cook. Well, that, that kind of lends itself more to a product because then you would have a cookbook or you would have a style book with tips on how to dress or makeup or any, any of those types of things that have products with them that would probably serve you better, especially when your audience is smaller. But if you're more like me, which is strictly like, look, I'm putting videos out there that are entertainment. They're meant to get a lot of views. And so I have to view myself as a television network. And television networks, their business model primarily is get as many viewers as you can so that your ad rates are high. And I'm, I'm pretty much in that category because I don't really have much to sell <laughs> other than getting people to watch the videos, get entertained a little bit and uh, move on. Absolutely. And, and you have to understand, people ask me all the time, you know, well, why should you get paid as a YouTube creator? My answer to that question is because of if you just listen to the week that, that Bill has, I mean, that's a busy week. That's like a full-time nine-to-five job. And what I've realized is, you know, as of four or five months ago, I did, uh, you know, step down from my normal nine-to-five job, and I am doing the content creation full-time. And I end up working way more when I work for myself than I did when I worked the regular 40-hour job. Have you found that to be the case, Bill? Yeah, but it's at the same time, I think, something that's more rewarding you know, because it's stuff that I make myself, I'm in control of it. And the only, you know, kind of criticism that I get actually comes from the audience. So it's, it's, it's me and my relationship with the audience. And so the extra workload is, you know, not that important to me as it would be working less, but you know, working in a large corporation where, you know, your material disappears into other people's hands and it's very impersonal and you have no connection with the audience. So and so it's just it's it's a lot about personality. You know what what type of personality you are. Uh, YouTube, some people think is very isolating, very kind of lonely. Um, I don't think it is for me because I spend so much time talking to people on the phone, doing research. I've got people I'm working with and everything. So. Um, I, I, I just don't find that to be the case. Now, one problem for me is a lot of times I, I have to go off and travel to make videos in the field, which is my really my favorite type of filmmaking. And so in addition to that week you just heard, I have to be programming in advance because I might be on the road for two weeks. So in the course of one week, I have to make two videos, not one. And that's where my wife starts to get a little bit, hey, uh, are you going to like come out of there at some point? Absolutely. My wife feels the same way. Sometimes I'll be in here after a long day and I'll spend some time with the family. It's, it's definitely one day I want to do a show basically just focused on the topic of a work-life balance as an entrepreneur because it is extremely difficult to step away from the uh, editing timeline or the Skype interview calls or whatever that you're doing as a creator because you're so invested in what you do. You don't want to disappoint your audience that supports you so much. Um, so I want to take a brief moment to chat about the show that you do on your YouTube channel. It's called Real or Fake. 
Uh, I've watched a couple episodes of it. You release it on Fridays. Maybe let our audience know a brief synopsis of what that show is and maybe how that show came to be. Well, Real or Fake basically is a viewer uh, submission type show. It's a it's a clip, what I call a clip show. In other words, we're going to show clips of different videos sent in by the audience and we're going to examine them to see if there are they are real or fake. Now, the way this show came about was I was making videos and I noticed an unusual amount of um, comments in the comment section just, you know, kind of dwelling on this point where, you know, that's fake, you know, that's not real, this is fake, that's real, that's fake. So it became obvious to me that this was a big issue. And so I was like, okay, well, let's just take it on. Why don't you, you know, why don't we examine videos and see if they're real or fake? And um, as soon as I started doing that, it, it, the the amount of clips coming in uh, was unbelievable. I mean, if you could see my my email inbox on a daily basis of people from all over the world sending in these clips that they run across. And they can't really tell whether they're real or fake or they know they're fake, but they just want somebody to talk about it and give them a shout out during a video. You know, it's, so it's it's pretty amazing. And, you know, on maybe just a little bit deeper level, when you think about it, um, the audience for this is pretty young. And I can imagine being a young person today and you go on the Internet to do your homework or you go on your to play games, whatever. You are bombarded with so much material and there is no filter on Google for what's real and what's fake. So if you if you haven't had a lot of years on this planet, I can see where a lot of this stuff could be confusing to you, you know. Um, so the, whatever it is, there's that pocket there of people who are fascinated by this. And this show which was just a real minor player on the channel for a long time, um, has sort of taken over usurping the channel to where people want me to rename my channel the Real or Fake channel, you know, which I, I don't want to do. But Now, do you think that the, the large amount of success for that show is has a lot to do with just the audience interaction? Because I've seen on my channel and on a lot of different YouTube channels, a lot of times that you, when you create content that's audience uh, created, where they're sending in stuff and they have a way to actually be a part of the content, it really takes off. So, have you found that to be a big reason as to why that show's done so well? Yeah, because you know and that's that other thing that we were talking about before. I wish somebody would have told me how important the community is in online video and especially on YouTube, because what you what you have is like a family. And, you know, you've got your really close members of the family. You have your kind of, you know, loose knit, you know, in-laws and people like that. But they're definitely a community there. And so as the show evolved, it became real obvious that the more community oriented this show is, the more popular it gets. And so a lot of times people I'll just get emails just saying, look, I've been watching a long time. You should just give me a shout out sometime because. You know, I've been watching the show for a long time. And, you, you know, so you go, well, you know, I, we got to make some rules here. You know, if you if you if you uh, didn't submit a video and we're not talking about something you submitted, then, you know, I, we can't just go around giving people shout outs. So, I mean, you can see the pressure for people wanting to be involved. 
Um, and so it, it fills up everything. It fills up my inbox. Uh, they've gotten into my iMessages, my tweets, my Facebook. My It just comes in like, you know, water from a leaky roof from everywhere. Bill, doing this for as long as you have, in a, in a sense since 2006, obviously under a different name and a different channel, but being the, a veteran in the space, what would be, if you could give one piece of advice to emerging YouTubers or someone wanting to create video content online, what would that piece of advice be? I would be, uh, for me, um, it would come down to a decision I made, which was, you know, stop with the anonymous channel that has a nondescript name and go with Bill's channel, uh, which is like me. And, you know, insert my personality in there uh, because it's a very personal medium. And I'll sometimes get emails from people saying, you know, when are you going to show more behind the scenes? Because I want to get to know you better. You see, so there's this immediate relationship that starts when you've got an artist or a creator and an audience. And this relationship is is really important, you know, to to um, get things going for you because. It's about people getting to know you. You know, if, if you just say, uh, well, this is, uh, you know, Cats Meow channel. Well, people are going to know it's about cats, but they're not going to know it has this personality behind it that they can have a relationship on a long-term basis. And then I think once you get that in your head, then when you show an honest and you, I mean, you got to feel it. I mean, I love my eyes. I, I actually love looking at all the emails and going through everything and see what they're sending in and, and, and sometimes talking to them or sometimes doing something for them, like sending them a t-shirt or something like that. And it just creates lifelong fans. They've got a relationship to you. And that's how over time you create an enterprise that's going to last a long time. Yeah, I, I could I couldn't agree more. It's it's really the the community is the tent pole of what we do as creators. I mean, if it wasn't for them, we we wouldn't have the ability to do this at, as a full time profession. So, I couldn't agree with more with what you just said. Now, in closing of this interview, I want to talk about the future of your channel for a second, Bill. Obviously, you know you've surpassed a million subscribers. You've you've met that milestone. What is next for your channel? I mean, what are you wanting to do? Do you have any new shows that you're you're kind of tinkering around with? Do you have a different type of content, or just what are you looking to do in the short and long term uh, in, in regards to your channel? I think when you hit uh, a million subscribers, it's it's kind of this identity thing you know you get there and you go well i'm kind of here and i've heard somebody else say you know whenever somebody hits a million subscribers you know they start putting out videos every day and you know cranking up the content and you know i've been thinking about that a lot and i i, I haven't made any real decisions yet but i think what i want to try to do is stay with a little bit slower release pattern and, and try to increase the quality of, uh, of my videos that I am putting out and keeping in my mind this term that's a very useful term to always keep in the back of your head, and it's called evergreen, which means, you know, you're just not making a topic that's hot today. It's going to be a topic that's going to last a long time. It's going to be green forever, evergreen type of thing. So, so I'm kind of 
right there. And, you know, I to tell you the truth, I would prefer to keep my channel a one-man band um, and not bring in, you know, a team to start handling it because I, I think it'll be, start becoming less personal uh, and it'll, it'll represent more the world I came from than the world I want to be in, which is this one-to-one -one relationship with my with my audience. So it's, it, you know, it's a matter of philosophy, I think. You know, do I have new show ideas? Yeah, of course. You know, I have new show ideas. But right now I have to take responsibility of the audience I have and what they <laughs> what they want to see. And, and, and right now it happens to be that show real or fake. So so I'm just going to be sticking with that for a while. And then, um, you, you know, we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. As creators, it's hard for us sometimes to let go of our content and handing it off to other people, you know, and focusing in on, on what we're good at and, and kind of handing off what we're not so good at. But as a creator like myself, I, I really enjoyed the process of, you know, recording my videos, editing my videos, and then interacting with my audience afterwards. So I couldn't agree more uh, with exactly what you're saying. Now, Bill, I do want you to know, in closing of this interview, I have really enjoyed talking with you, someone who's been doing this for as long as you have. It's just great to hear your insight uh, on the YouTube community and kind of how to grow a YouTube channel. Can you let our audience know where they can get in touch with you uh, on the Internet? Well, uh, first place to go is go on YouTube, and then uh, after that, YouTube.com, you put a forward slash, and then you just write Bill's channel. So it's B-I-L-L-S without a apostrophe, and then channel, C-H-A-N-N-E-L. And uh, you'll see my channel there. And then, of course, my channel hooks up to Twitter, hooks up to Instagram, Facebook, um, and all those other places. And uh, all over my page and in every video is my email. So <laughs> you can also get a hold of me that way. I would highly recommend it. Go on over to Bill's B-I-L-L-S channel on YouTube. He does some amazing work over there. I, I've watched a video this morning where he did the real or fake show talking about a guy catching a fish with an iPhone as bait. It was intriguing. It was interesting. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's hilarious. He does a great job hosting that show. His content is very well produced, so go check him out. I'll put all of the links in the show notes show notes below in the podcast. And Bill, until next time, thank you so much. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thanks for having me on, Dusty. It was, it was great talking to you, too. All right. Have a great day. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.